Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. Hi, Rosalie. Do you hear me? I hear you. All right. I don't know why my microphone wasn't working. And, uh, <laughs> of course, it's the one time I don't, I didn't come to the show early. And so. Oh, you cut out. I got nothing again. Uh, sorry about that. I think I oh, hit mute on, on my phone. <laughs> so, uh, yep, uh, on, on the scale of utter disaster to just disaster, we're in the middle there somewhere. But uh, I think we can get going. And uh, <laughs> this show is brought to you by my friends over at the FFPC, the FFPC home to dynasty leagues, best ball leagues, and now uh, a couple that I've already done of the 350 Football Guys Players Championships. You can go on to myffpc.com. Uh, there are dynasties, as mentioned, best ball starting at $35, double ups with no rake, uh, where you get a credit. Uh, but really, I'm very focused on these Football guy Championships with a first prize of $500,000. As always, go to myffpc.com to check it out. Rosalie Michaels is our guest today. She's been on before. She is a returning champion. She does work for DraftKings. Um, if you want to know more about what she has done in her past, her, uh, her modeling, her acting, um, that was covered in the first podcast. Today, we're going to talk about uh, what she's doing currently, and then we are going to do some rookies landing spots, some of her favorite spots right now. Rosalie, welcome to the show. Sorry for the problems. 
Oh, that's okay. Technology is sometimes our friend and sometimes our foe, right? <laughs> it, it is so true. Um, it's kind of like <laughs> mirrors with me, you know. Um, sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes my, you know, I feel like they're not so bad, and then other times, you know, I would just rather <laughs> stay away. Especially with this quarantine going on, Rosalie. Um, you know, we, you know, you're, you're pretty much everyone's fantasy girl as well as being the fantasy girl on Twitter. But uh, how is the image holding up with quarantine life? <laughs> it's funny because I actually put on makeup, did my hair, and had jewelry on yesterday for the first time in about like six weeks. I think it's it's just crazy. I looked at my husband. I go, "Do you recognize me?" recognize you i can't get away from you now no um i mean even the even the strongest marriage after six weeks you you look at each other and you go oh no um but uh, it's good that you got dressed up I, I, I was gonna say if you got dressed up i really feel sorry for you uh but uh I, i'm glad Um, Now, I know you have children. How many kids do you have, and how are they holding up under the quarantine? I have two daughters, and they're holding up really, really well. So they're doing doing great. Um, You know, I always say that if you have a good sense of humor, you can get through really anything. You know, spending a lot of time with the people that you love, can be taxing sometimes, but if you have a good sense of humor, then that's going to carry you pretty far. <laughs> I agree. Um, I've got a very good sense of humor. Um, it's only, it's second to my humility, which is my best quality. Um, but, yep. my, but my sense of humor is really being tested. I think I mentioned to you <laughs> at the last time that uh, my marriage wasn't doing all that well, and I managed to get divorced literally the day before quarantine and we are stuck and we are stuck living together because we can't sell the house um so um definitely need that (laughs) definitely need all of that sense of humor yeah yeah that's i i it's funny i actually heard from somebody else that on twitter that was in the same situation uh but i think that that was also it was his ex-wife's new boyfriend that was involved in the situation as well. So I was like, you know oh, what? Geez. You win the quarantine games. That is for oh, sure. My gosh. So yeah, that, that is that, you have it. There's always somebody that has it worse. <laughs> you, you, you just one up to me and made me feel better at the same time. Um, <laughs> because that, I mean, I was never the most jealous guy, but um I don't know that that's something I'd want to be quarantined with. Yeah, I think that's a little uncomfortable, right? <laughs> I have patience, but, you know, people say, you know, what's it like finishing a, you know, that situation just on, um, you know, and then I just feel like it's, uh, anyway, I, 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 lost, I thought yeah. I heard some feedback and, uh, I just wondered if my mic kicked on. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I got you. I didn't hear the feedback right. on my end. So. How's that? You sound good to me. 
All right. I, I had to turn down my computer because all of a sudden it decided to talk to me. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, all the disasters behind. Rosalie, you work with DraftKings. Uh, why don't you tell everyone what you do there and uh, how it went this last year doing it? Uh, so, yeah, so a couple of years ago, two years ago, this was my second season with DraftKings. And it's funny, I actually am not allowed to play Daily Fantasy here in Arizona because uh, we don't, our state does not allow for such things. There's about, I think, six or seven states that don't allow for uh, Daily Fantasy. Um, but, you know, I think that it actually makes me, as an analyst, people trust me a little bit more because they know I'm not setting lineups. I'm not actually competing against them, the listeners and the viewers. Uh, so I think it, it gives them a little bit more trust in what I'm doing. But, you know, it's a great group of people I work with over there. I am the only female analyst that DraftKings has amongst all of the sports because with DraftKings, you know, you can, you can uh, set lineups for pretty much every sport, including golf. And so – I'm, I'm the only female that they have, and so it's, it's an honor to, to be there as a woman in this industry and to uh, represent. And you know what? The guys over there are just fantastic. They really know their stuff. They, they help me to up my game. I help them to up their game, which is really what this all is supposed to be about. People get into, as analysts, they get into these competitions as, I'm better than you are um, at this. And and we all know it's, it's with fantasy, it's educated educated guesses, right? We, we take all the information that we have and we, we really try to uh, put that all together to give ourselves the best odds at winning. So, uh, so they're great and I love it. And so, yeah, they asked me about two years ago to come on. And so uh, the first year I did quite a bit, but this past year I was on really almost every day with DraftKings on their show, The Sweat. And we have a great time. There's there's a lot of fun people that work there, and uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. And they're just getting bigger and better, and the show is really really taking off. Yep, they just went public as well, so I'm sure right. we're going to see a lot more out of DraftKings. I am a big DraftKings player, um, especially for the NFL. I mean, I'm not as big as some, but I'll play about eight hundred dollars a week, a thousand dollars a week on NFL weeks, and that's a you know, for an average guy, that's a, a good bit. I won a lot two years ago. Last year, not as much. But um, you know, when you're, you know, when you're trying to get a top five finish, and you get close three or four times, if you don't get to the top five, like me last year, my top five finishes were top t- uh, ten to fifteen instead, and that's a big, big difference. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, but, but it, you know, chasing that rainbow is part of the fun. So uh, we'll look forward to you getting back on that. So were you doing other sports other than football? It sounds like from what you said, you were. No, no, I really was doing only football. They, they keep asking me, they're like, hey, you want to do NBA? And, and I'll be honest with you, NFL is, is the love of my life. So <laughs> I, I don't think I'm, I'm sure your husband will be glad to hear that. <laughs> He knows. He knows. Uh, hey, look. You know, as long as, as long as you agree and everything's in order and everyone's okay with it, I could think of worse uh, people to be in a three-way relationship with than the NFL. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's funny because everybody says when they meet me and and they talk to me, they're like, "Your husband must love that you're so into football." And 
And the, the honest answer is he really doesn't love it. He's not a big sports guy. He loves camping. He loves motorcycles. He's, he's definitely a dude's dude, but he, uh, he, he would rather I go camping with him on Sundays during, uh, during football season, and I can't. So he has actually set up. He's got listed in his camp uh, notes of where we go camping, which will receive HD signals, and he'll bring the TV out for me, pour me a mimosa, and let me watch football out in the woods. So that that's how we make it work. You know what? That sounds good. Uh, you know, and I I think it, it, you know some, it's a little bit, and it's it's kind of a 2020s problem to have. Uh, but <laughs> women in general have had to deal with men being, you know football crazy for generations now and yeah. had to find other things to do on a Sunday. So I, I kind of like the role reversal here. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, he's not a football widow. He's a football widower. Right. So he, yep. uh, he knows. And in fact, we have a big trip coming up for a, a, my birthday, but I have to, my birthday is at the end of October and I can't do it. We're going to Europe, and I'm like, I can't do it d- during my birthday. We have to do it in April. So what, my what, own birthday what, trip. <laughs> what day? October 27th is my birthday. Guess what my birthday is? Uh, October 26th. <laughs> October 27th. Wow, we have the same birthday. Look at that. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Crazy. See, that's why we get that along crazy. so well. Yeah, I, I mean, you know. <laughs> Obviously, there's a few years difference. Um, I'm pushing closer to the the 50s than uh, the 70s. Uh, But uh, anyway, uh, we we digress. And uh, I I always take a a lot of uh, pride in that I'm able to get information out of guests that is really unusual and different. And finding out we had the same birthday is uh, not the not the information I expected to get, but uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, we share that day with Teddy Roosevelt for anyone who is a uh, fan of presidents. Yep. Uh, and also all right, Bono so, from you too. No. Yeah. Really, I didn't know that one, and they're and they're one of my yep. favorite bands. I mean, so sweet. I, there you go. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I got th- I got three bands that uh, were artists that um, are in my top three and I can never decide which is one, two, and three. Uh, but Springsteen, you uh, two and Van Morrison, and to find out one of them has my birthday is kind of actually meaningless, but cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it, it is, it, it, but very cool. You know, it, it means you're in good company. And now Rosalie Michaels, the fantasy girl, you know, that we have the same birthday. Uh, un- uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I will never enjoy a birthday again without thinking of you. Um, uh, now uh, let's let's move on to football, and okay. um, you know this is one of the uh, most unusual drafts we've ever had. Um, I yeah. kind of liked it. I I, I really did. I thought that uh, ESPN did a very good job, although how Booger got on there, I don't know. But um, you know, I, I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I, it was different, but I, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, what did you think about it? Yeah, I think if you talk to most people, they really did like this format a lot, to be able to get into the home, to see the player with the people that they love most, as opposed to, you know, being in a location, to, to see the war rooms, you know, all over the place, you know. I, I mean, it's it's 
it's great to see the difference in Bill Belichick's war, war room and then you look at Cliff Kingsbury's war room too. Like, you know, you look at the old school and the new school, right? And uh, Belichick just looking like he's in your mom's kitchen, right? He doesn't – it's nothing impressive. It's nothing exciting. The dog was the best part of it. Um, he, had, you know, Cliff he, Kingsbury's he, he beautiful, beautiful thing. What? Clearly, just there to pick dogs. Yeah, you know what? That's what you do, right? You can't, you can't really argue with Belichick. Whatever his process is, you can't argue with it because he's been so successful, right? So, um, I don't mind that at all. But yeah, did you see Kingsbury's beautiful, beautiful oh setup gosh. here in Arizona? Oh my gosh! I mean. Yeah. It was like right out of a magazine. And and what it was yeah. really shocking to me, how bad all these rich people's, you know, houses were. Yeah, e- either style, that or they right? just didn't want to show off the good stuff. But, <laughs> you know, most of, the, m- most of those rooms were really pedestrian. And the other thing that really stood out is how bad technologically were most of them. Yeah, it's not it's not their uh, their forte, right? But I'm surprised being in uh, you know being in the entertainment industry, being on camera uh, for really all of my adult life. My husband is also on camera, and he's actually he hosts a show called Right This Minute. It's a viral video show that's nationwide, and they've been filming through Zoom, the Zoom platform during this quarantine, and so they've got a whole studio set up here in my house for Right This Minute which is not the NFL, right? You think of the NFL and what a big, big organization the NFL is and a successful and, a, and a, a, an organization that has a lot of dollars behind it. And yet some of these setups just look so bad. The lighting's off, the angle's off. It's how did that happen? And so you see the cheerleaders coming on and they've got better setups because we women, we know how to light ourselves. <laughs> That, you know what? That, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do podcasts because I have a face made for radio. But if I was <laughs> someone who was doing – no, just kidding. Um, so, yeah, it, w- it really was crazy. I mean, Bruce Arians was one of the better-looking guys due to lighting, and we know that's not reality. Yeah. Well, no, okay, I live in Arizona. I know B.A. pretty well. He's he's not a great looking guy, but he's adorable. I, I'll take me some BA any day. He, he he's got the teddy bear thing going for him. He does, he does. He's fantastic. So, but you know, I'll say I think that we have a joke here in Arizona that uh, you know a Scottsdale four is a Midwest ten. So we we the, the aesthetics here in Arizona. There's a high bar that you have to set there. And so, uh, yeah, B.A., must, that must have rubbed off on him when he was here. Yeah, it's, it's similar in California. You know, I was a sales rep in the luggage business for a long time. And uh, my first trip out when I worked for a company in the 90s uh, out of Half Moon Bay, California, you know, most luggage stores in the East Coast were just crap you know, everything thrown everywhere. You know, the yeah. people bought based on price and presentation. There really weren't any nice-looking luggage stores. And even when I – and I was just so shocked when I went to California. You know, 
it was like every restaurant looked like they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in the restaurant look a certain way. And luggage yeah. stores were the same way. Um, I just yeah. think that the West Coast, the aesthetic is much more uh, part of the process than the East Coast, where things tend to be price traced, uh, price and transactionally based more than looks. Now, that's changed some over the last 10 years with the revitalization of the New York um, shopping areas. But uh, previous to that, uh, it really was a stark difference. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I, I spent a lot of time on the East Coast before I moved to Arizona. So I, I'd agree with that completely. All right. So uh, we were talking about Bruce Arians, and last year all of us were dying to put a, a different running back into the Tampa Bay team. I think we all rightly knew that Peyton Barber was a pedestrian back and yep. Ronald Jones had his issues. Ronald Jones now, uh, it seems like everyone is very, very excited about um, Mr. Vaughn in Tampa Bay. I wanted to get your take on that situation. Do you think he becomes one of the top fantasy running backs, or do you think that it's going to be a committee with him and Ronald Jones? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Here's here's what I know. Looking at what DA does in terms of his running back situation, he does want that workhorse back. He wants somebody that can can do it all, can be the pass catching back, can be that solid runner that can bust through lines, just like David Johnson was for him. So I I, I think that he certainly could be that. But I think that VA is really going to focus more so on this wide receiver crew. He's got Gronk there now. He's got Tom Brady. Um, he feels a little bit more comfortable. If he wasn't going to run the ball more last year with Jameis, where he really needed to run the ball more because Jameis makes so many mistakes, right, um, he won't do it this year. I think he's going that Vaughn's going to be an, a, a decent option. I think that they're still going to have Rojo in there a little bit. You know, Rojo was 26th overall in fantasy scoring for running backs last year. Not great, not terrible, um, not bad as a, as a little flex position. But if you look at they, they did run the ball, they were 13th in terms of rush attempts. So they, they could up that a little bit more, but the efficiency just wasn't there. They were 24th in rushing yards and then 16th in rushing touchdowns. So I like Vaughn. I think he's going to be one of those uh, that maybe second to third tier options as far as the running back position is, is considered. But I think they're really going to throw the ball a good amount um, just because of the wide receivers they have there are so fantastic. You know, the top two we already know about. And I really do like Tyler Johnson as kind of – a little sneaky uh, play this year. Uh, he's the wide receiver four right now behind Justin Watson, but Justin Watson was not that effective last year. Uh, so I think that we'll see some Tyler Johnson in there and could be a great bi-week filler given the amount that that Tampa Bay does throw the ball. Yeah, um, my take on the situation first at running back is that um, they ran more last year because they didn't trust Jameis, right? And with Tom Brady there, 
I think you're going to see a more traditional Bruce Arians mix, probably somewhere around 40 to 43% run, uh, 50-plus percent pass. I think Chris Godwin is that slot guy. But you know what? If Tyler Johnson has that quick area uh, cutting ability that uh, Wes Welker and uh, Julian Edelman had, Bruce Mm -hmm. is smart enough to adjust uh, the team to take advantage of that. Uh, I I don't think Ronald Jones is going to go away. Um, And I think as we talk about all these rookies, one thing we all, we have to consider is the fact that they're, these rookies aren't going to have a normal camp and a normal season to get ready. And if you can't block, you're not going to play. Yeah. That's a huge Um, point. It's going to be interesting what this off season programs look like um, given the situation, you know, it's going to be a lot of virtual stuff. And so, and that doesn't translate until you're on the field, right? You know, are you going to understand the playbooks quickly, but until you get on the field and you're playing together, it just doesn't translate the way that, uh, that you would hope. So, yeah, I think there is going to be a, a, a bigger learning curve for these rookies as opposed to any other year. Plus, you know, if we think, too, that this very possibly could be something where there's no crowd at these games, that makes a difference in the way people play as well. Yeah, I I think that that's a very fair point. Um, I saw that you were on uh, Jonathan Taylor on Twitter. Why don't you explain your thoughts on Mr. Taylor? I, I, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I, I really do wish he went to a situation where there wasn't another back in his way because he really is, he's that type of guy that I love. He's big, he's fast, you know, he, he is very, very efficient in what he does. You know, when you compare him, he's compared to Saquon Barkley and LaDainian Tomlinson. Those are great comparisons, right? So this is the type of guy that you want. And he was also used as a pass catcher um, in college. So he can do that. He's a very efficient pass catcher. He had five touchdown passes last season. And then when you look at the fact that he's in Indianapolis, he's going to be the RB1 with Max right behind him. But they're saying that there's going to be a one-two punch for both of them. The Colts before last year, Reich said he wanted to be a top five rushing team. He achieved that. They were fifth in terms of uh, rushing yards. They were fourth in terms of rush attempts and 11th in terms of rushing touchdowns. So this is a great opportunity for Jonathan Taylor. I think it is going to be, we have to uh, watch and see that it's probably going to be a split in the beginning. I think when we get closer to the end of the season, we're going to see him take over more and more because I like Marlon Mack, but he's not quite as efficient as we like him to be even behind that pretty decent um you know, Indianapolis offensive line. So, you know, he's effective, he's big, he's fast. He's the type of running back that I target all the time. And if he can get that workhorse back, which I think he will take over as the workhorse back there in Indy, you know, they've got got Phillip Rivers now. Phillip Rivers has had a history of having these great running backs that can do it all. So he's used to that. So I think that that's going to be a great situation. I think the, the Colts are going to be a much better team this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that 
Philip Rivers didn't have a good year last year. He's clearly on the decline, but he's mm-hmm. going to a coach who is who knows how to get the most. He situ, you know, he situationally plans each week, and some weeks it's going to be a running week, other weeks it's going to be a passing week. But one thing is for sure, he's an upgrade on Jacoby Brissett. And, uh, you know, to me, Jonathan Taylor couldn't have gotten to a better landing spot long-term with that offensive line. Uh, I agree that I think uh, that that situation, I'm going to say it's going to be sick. By the time the year's over, uh, it'll be 65-35 on carries between Taylor and Mack. I don't think either of them are going to catch a lot of passes because I think they'll bring Naheem Hines in on third down. But I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be your touchdown guy, and he's going to be the one to own. And I think ADP right now is pretty efficient on both, where Taylor is going in the third round and Mack is going in the seventh. Um, if I was forced to pick one of them right now, it would be Taylor. And in a lot of these situations, I'm taking the later guy. The big one yeah. for me is um, Damian Williams and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I love, I really like Hilaire, and I think what happens though is people get so excited when they, you know, when they take someone early. But if you remember mm-hmm. Rashad Penny a few years ago, if you can't pass protect, and there's another back there who they trust, and they do trust Damian Williams. I'm buying yep. Damian Williams in the seventh round over Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the second or third. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I've been having some Twitter conversations with people. I'm like, you go ahead. You take him early. Great. I mean, I've talked to people that are like, they're going to take CEH before some people, before Keenan Allen, before um, Cooper Cup, before some of these. And I'm like, why are you doing that? I just, I, I understand. I think he's getting a lot of hype because he went in the first round. But he's, you're right. He's not going to be the goal line back. He's too small. They've got Damian Williams for that. They do trust Damian Williams. I think that they like the kid, but they're not going to, it's still going to be a huge timeshare back there. And then when you look at the fact that KC, last year they were scoring in the league, but they were 27th in rush attempts, 22nd in rushing yards. Now they were eighth in rushing touchdowns. But, number one, some of that goes to Mahomes. And, number two, that's Damian Williams. That's not going to be CEH. So his fantasy numbers are just not going to be there. He's, you know, he's, I think he's really overrated, and I'm very willing to let other people take him. Somebody was saying, what do you see the, the comparisons with Kareem Hunt? No, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I think he's going to be a big bust. And, uh, you know, when we talk about – yeah, we like Jonathan Taylor. I like him for both this year, and I like him for um, Dynasty as well. I think that he is going to be a great um, talent in, in second, third year. He's going to do great. With Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I don't see it. See, I, I'll disagree with you there. I do like the player. I think he brings certain things that are going to fit really great in that offense. I just don't know that, you know, the assumption that's out there um, for year one is correct, and I'm buying a lot of Damian Williams. I had a good bit of Damian Williams in the fourth, fifth round where I thought he yeah. was too cheap on the fear that they would bring someone in. But now mm-hmm. to be able to balance that with seventh and sometimes eighth round shares, to me that's a no-brainer. And uh, to build on your point a little bit, 
I think that last year, um, what happened? Damian Williams got hurt, and nobody behind him was nearly as talented. So that as assumption that, yeah. they draft, that they drafted him for this year, um, when you've got Pat Mahomes back there, you're going to have a short off season. I think that, you know, my feeling is it's going to be two-thirds, one-third Damian early in the season, going to have to earn more playing time. Um, and short of an injury, I just don't know how much more he'll earn. So that's my yeah, take on that one. Go ahead. Yeah, if you look at him, though, he's just – the only area where he was really productive in college was, was as a receiver. And when he did get the ball, I mean, you look at what LSU did with him. And throughout, even when he was a junior where he had more action, right, they still gave 140 carries to the freshman running backs. That doesn't – speaks a lot to trust at that level to me. And then if you look at he, um, he, he, he ran a slow 40. He's not that fast. He's light, but not that fast. So he's, he's I'm, quick I'm more than he is. He's quick and elusive more than he's fast. Yeah. But, but I just don't see him. That's not the, uh, you know, the KC running back game. It's, they, they need those running backs that are more smash mouth, right, that are going to bust through the line, that are going to – because if they want quick and elusive, they've got Mahomes for that. So that, that's all they need with that. They don't need, they don't need the quick elusive back the way they need the smash mouth back. Another situation, uh, Rosalie, that, that I am very happy to take the incumbent over the rookie um, – Again, you're getting the rookie in the late third round or early fourth round, and and you're getting the 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 the, the incumbent in the seventh eighth round is Detroit. Uh, on tape, I really love DeAndre Swift's receiving ability, but I think Carryon is the better runner, and I think people were already predisposed to be down on Carryon. Um, yeah. And I think this is going to be more of a, a true fifty-fifty split. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are it's the Detroit backfield, and it's just it, – it, it's tough. You know, it's just trusting any Detroit running back. It, it's like it, – it's just hard for me under Matt Patricia's offense. It, Detroit is – especially with Stafford back, they're really going to lean more heavily on their passing game. You know, they were 15th in terms of rush attempts last year, so not bad in the opportunity phase. Carrion, the, the thing that Swift has going for him is the fact that Carrion doesn't play a lot of games, right? He only played eight games last season. And, he, you know, the most fantasy points he had was 14.8, so the least amount, 2.3. He just hasn't been the type of guy that, that we need out of him because of injury and just because of efficiency. So could Swift have some opportunities? He could. But here's what doesn't happen in Detroit. Rushing touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns don't happen there. They're 29th in terms of rushing touchdowns. So it's not something that uh, we're going to look at. They're 21st in terms of rushing yards. Um, so as far as fantasy numbers for Swift are concerned, even if he does really take over as that RB1, he – it, it's not a great situation. I would have liked him better somewhere else. You know, he was rated as the fourth best back in the in the draft. Um, you know, and when you look at his workload in college, 
you know, he had to compete with Chubb and, and, and Sony Michelle. So he, he had a lot of competition around him. And he when he does get the ball, he does he's pretty effective with it. So um, but I don't think he's that special talent that's really going to make things change in terms of the uh, the system up there in Detroit. I think there's still going to be a heavily uh, passing type of offense because that's where they're effective. And with Stafford back, they're going to be more effective. They were tenth, you know, last year in terms of passing. So uh, I think it's just it, the opportunity is just not going to be there for them. I agree with a lot of that. I think that um, I think it's going to, I think, you know, I think a a nicer way of saying what you're saying is I don't see a league winner coming out of that situation, but I do think that you can have a good solid, you know, and that's why I like carry on. I took him yesterday in an FBG draft in, I think it was the eighth round, um, which, you know, is, is really good. In other words, I don't need him to win me the league in the eighth round. I need, you know, he, he's my third or fourth running back. And if I have an injury or a bye week, he's the guy who can get me 15 points. M- maybe not every week, but he certainly can do it on enough weeks. Um, well, remember what know, I just told you, though. His highest game last year, 14.8. That was his highest game last year. So he, he was hurt. He, I, of- I, I know he's always been hurt, but it, it's only been two years. And yeah. I, 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 I get, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. But I still see a talented back there, and I, you're right. He hasn't maximized it in two very injury-prone years. But yeah. um, you know, one of the things that I build my fantasy career on is I take chances on guys who are talented. And, you know, sometimes you have to see what hasn't happened yet. And sometimes it's never going to happen. But after two injury-prone years, um, you know, it's it's just hard to say to me that he can't pay off an an eighth-round draft spot. And let let me see where I got him. Yeah, I absolutely. Got him. And obviously, if you can get a guy like that on the Chiefs, yeah, why wouldn't you, right? Right, and that 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 is the thought, right? The thought is yeah. that, um, and I'm still pulling up this stupid draft board. All right, yeah, I got him <laughs> in the. I got him at eight, um, eight. Um, you know, not uh, well. I had the six pick, so I guess that's eight seven. You know, yeah. om, you know, midway through the eighth round, to me, that is fabulous value. He was my fourth running back. I got Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, and I followed up with uh, Alexander Madison and uh, Justin Jackson and Lynn Bowden um, in that 20 out of 20 rounds. So, you know, I, I he, he fits a role on that team, and um, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, let, let's go to another situation that I would love your take on, and it's the Miami Dolphins. Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, everyone loves to hate Jordan Howard, uh, but pe- the coaches continue to give him the ball. Um, what, you know, what do you think about there? Yeah, I'm not sure why people hate Jordan Howard so much. I, I love him. I love the guy. I think he's fantastic. He, he was very effective with, 
Chicago when they were using him correctly, right? So I, I like Jordan Howard. Here's the problem with Miami and the Miami running backs is I just I'm not going to trust Flores to run the ball any more than he did last year just because he had Jordan Howard. He didn't he didn't do it with Kenyon Drake, right? And then Drake came to Arizona and busted out. There's there's a they are a passing team in Miami. They were 32nd in terms of rush attempts last year, 32nd in terms of rushing yards last year. So, you know, they're picking up some great talents in both Jordan Howard and Matt Breda, but I'll argue that Kenyon Drake also a great talent and just wasted. Devontae Parker um, and that receiving core, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he slings the ball a lot, and he's still going to be the, the QB1 there until they move to an end. So um, I, I, I'm just not trusting that backfield at all I mean again if that's one of those situations if I can get Jordan Howard uh, you know really really cheap then yeah I'm going to take him he's the RB1 down there but he's probably not going to be the pass catching back that's probably going to be great so there's going to be an absolute timeshare down there um, I just Miami running backs they they are great when they go somewhere else <laughs> that's that's when they become great. They do they do well, a nice little internship down there. It can revive their careers a little bit, but they just there's just not going to be enough opportunity for me there. Let's uh, let's take that segue and run with it. Um, I saw uh-huh. Kenyon Drake in uh, in in the Genesis draft, which is uh, kind of an expert's draft uh, that kicks off the FBG season on uh, the FFPs. Kenyon Drake at one six. And the pick was universally panned. Um, I didn't pan it because it's not one that I would do uh, because last year I took a load of crap in a very big draft. I took Derrick Henry at 2-2, and everyone killed me for it. I almost won the league. Uh, You know, basically my feeling is I'm a tier drafter, and when you've got, you know, six or seven people in a tier – often they're going to finish very close to one another. So if you yep. really like a guy, go get your guy. And to me, once yep. you get past Barkley and CMC, there, you know, and some people could argue Zeke, there's nobody out of that next 10 to 15 running backs that jumps off for me. But in general, Kenyon Drake looked amazing. He finally got his mm-hmm. chance. He fits perfectly what they're doing in Arizona. Uh, are you as high on him that early in drafts being from Arizona yourself? Uh, you know, I I think I – I don't know if I'd be that high on him. I don't blame anybody for going that direction because the Cardinals, what with Kingsbury coming in, they definitely improved all of their offense, right? Now they've got DeAndre Hopkins. They've got, you know, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Kirk there's going to be a nice amount of threat deep there which is just going to open up the situation for Kenyon Drake. He will have some competition there from Chase Edmonds. They do really like Chase quite a bit, too, as long as Chase can stay healthy. Um, You know, and you look at, even though they were only 19th in terms of rush attempts last year, they were still 10th in terms of rushing yards and 10th in terms of rushing touchdowns. So he holds a lot of value. I don't know that I'd take him at one six, but like you, I'm not going to blame anybody for doing that. I was hugely high on Derrick Henry last year. Um, I re- I would have taken him at two two as well. 
so I don't blame you at all there. I uh, He was one of my favorite running backs going into the season last year. Um, I'm still waiting to see what the, the strength of season is going to look before I really start making my final, you know, kind of tiers and final evaluations of, of who I'm targeting. But, yeah, I don't I don't blame the Kenyon Drake at all. He's going to be – he can do it all. So I, and this offense – is going to be that much better. It, they're going to compete. They're going to compete this year. They're going to be better on defense. They have to be better on defense. They were terrible last year, right? So they're going to be better on defense. So I, I look for some good things out of this Arizona offense this year. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the prices have caught up with the um, opportunity, which wasn't the case this time last year. Um, Correct. I, I, I agree. You know, if, to me, people really don't realize just how many points that offense can show. And I don't think they ever truly opened it up last year because Kyler was a rookie, because the offensive mm-hmm. line wasn't good, and because yeah. they really didn't have that go-to receiver. Um, I, you know, a lot that, of people are yeah. talking about Hopkins. I don't know about Hopkins. I don't know, you know. The, the one thing the Cardinals really struggled with last year was the red zone. And I think that uh, both Drake and Hopkins and hopefully a, a, a little bit better of an offensive line. I, I'm going to, I think that you're going to see a lot more touchdowns and a lot less field goals this year out of the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And when you think too, I mean, they've got fast guys and they've got big guys. Let's not forget Hakeem Butler comes back this year. Um, from the you know the injury that he sustained last year, he didn't even get to play last year. So if we can get DeAndre Hopkins and Hakeem Butler too, you know, really great, go up and get the ball. And Kyler is so efficient. People forget that he is a very very um, he's a he's he's a very uh, capable at throwing the ball and being. Uh, gosh, why can't I think of the word? He's he 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 target. He lasers that ball. So uh, he he is very very capable as a thrower. Everybody thinks about him as the runner, right? But he is he is consistent in hitting his mark. So I'm I am very excited. I think it's going to be. They were 17th in terms of, of points per game last year. I think that comes way up this year into the top 10. Yep, and I think a lot of that was having to settle for so many field goals. Um, yep. The other. Uh, so let's finish up with this. I know you wanted to talk about some of your favorite sleepers at the running back position. Uh, yep. Why don't you uh, share with us a couple of those players and why? Well, my, my sleeper, my real sleeper here, at, and I'm surprised that there's not more people talking about him just because, you know, again, we talk about who landed in the right spot, who's going to get the opportunity, who's got the talent to take advantage of that. And so a lot of people are not talking about Cam Akers on the Rams. So, you know, he's going to be the RB1. He's got, he's got uh, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson behind him, both of which really didn't amount to much behind Todd Gurley last year. Everybody was concerned about Gurley's um, injury last year, and the Rams were as well. Now they've got a rookie coming in that is effective. You know, Rams, yeah, they were not um, – quite as they didn't run the ball as much as we expected them to. They were 28th in terms of rush attempts, 26th in terms of uh, rushing yards, but they were third 
in rushing touchdowns. So Akers has a real opportunity. You're going to get him on the cheap. He had a heavy workload in college, and so he, you really do have an idea of what he can do. So he wasn't so effective in terms of yards per carry, but you want to compare him to somebody. He compares very well to Swift. They had similar combines, but Akers is five pounds heavier and ran the 40-yard dash a hundredth of a second faster than Swift. So I think he's going to be that goal line back. And the Rams love to hammer their uh, running backs in that situation. And so I think we're going to see a good amount of him on the goal line. And so he could, he could be a great flex position for you. That's a great call. Rosalie Michaels, at Rosalie Michaels on Twitter, The Fantasy Girl. Uh, Rosalie, I really appreciate that you've been willing to come on my podcast, and uh, good luck with getting through the rest of quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, you guys too, you know, especially to you, you know, your situation out there. So, But, yeah, love it um, and uh, love talking to you as usual. Make sure that that, uh, you catch me on DraftKings this season. And I have a podcast as well, so I'd love to have you come on to mine this season. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll have some good times. All right. What's what's the name of your podcast? It's the Fantasy Football Girl Podcast. So I'll be definitely promoing it on Twitter as soon as we we launched it last year. We had some good good, uh, traction on it, and this year we're we're looking to amplify it a little bit more. It's great. It's a, a guy I co-host it with is uh, Rick Stark, and he has uh, he does an auction draft each year. And so I go out there for the auction draft. I'm his ringer, and that was the guy I kept telling him take Derrick Henry, take Derrick Henry, and he wanted Devontae Freeman instead. So he uh, he didn't listen to me on that, and he lost the championship game because of it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I would listen to you, Rosalie. You know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. You put in the hard work. You pull out the stats. Um, you know, um, maybe my old age showing, I hope I'm not offensive, but you're, you're more than a pretty face, and um, you really do the, the work. And uh, I, I know that your podcast is going to do great. Check her out on DraftKings. Check her out on Twitter at Rosalie Michaels. And um, thank you so much for coming on again. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. That's going to do it for the latest installment of the truncated upset in the beginning run to daylight program. But um, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.